Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 81. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here, co-host here every week. I'm always joined by Brian Snedeker from Next Step Test Prep. And today we don't hopefully disappoint talking about some more foundational science questions, this time with biochemistry. All right, Brian, last week we talked about how to or what score you need to overcome a low GPA. This week, let's cover some biochem questions to help students get that score they need to overcome that low GPA. We're going to talk some biochem today. Again, the mcatpodcast.com slash 81 if you want to follow along in the handouts. Any particular rhyme or reason for the questions we have today? Yeah, so Ryan, last time we had done some questions, we had done bio, and I was emphasizing we were going to spend a little bit of time in fundamentals, right? In bio, the fundamental thing is the cell, and we talked about cell membranes. In biochem, the real foundational thing is just proteins, right? Proteins and amino acids. The MCAT loves to ask about them. It's the basis of a good score in any biochem performance that you have. So we've got four questions we're going to look at today that relate to proteins. Okay. And I'll probably get all of them wrong, but let's start okay. off here with question two. The absorbance of a protein solution is 3.37. If the concentration of the solution is known to be four moles, is that how you say the M, four moles? Yeah, molar. Yeah, yeah molar. Uh, and the path length is one centimeter, which value best approximates the extinction coefficient? A. 0.04, B, 0.8, C, 2, or D, 5. Okay, so this is what we call uh, Beer's Law. Um, and it's a relatively simple equation, but we do have to have it memorized, which says that the absorbance, in this case we were given 3.37, is equal to um, the extinction coefficient times the concentration times the path length in centimeters. So 3.37 is equal to the extinction coefficient, which is what we're solving for, times concentration 4 times path length 1. In other words, 3.37 equals 4 times 1 times x. And this is typical MCAT math where it looks like it's going to involve some ugly numbers, but as soon as you realize, well, it's 3.37 equals 4x, X just has to be a number a little less than one, right? A decimal a little less than one so that that four goes down to 3.37. 
Uh, and in this case, the only answer choice that's a little bit less than one is 0.8. Yeah. Will there be questions, and I know it's a, a, a binary question, uh, will there be questions where we'll want you to ve- be very specific? You mean in terms of the math? The math, yeah. No. No, because no calculators. Right. It, you, can, um, you can be aggressively approximate in your calculations. I mean, you notice here how far apart the answer choices were, 0.04 up to 0.8, so 20 times bigger, 0.8 up to 0.2, almost triple, two to five, two and a half times bigger. You know, the answer choices range from two to 300% bigger or smaller than each other, all the way up to tens of thousands of times bigger and smaller than each other. So you only have to get vaguely close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I think it's math is one thing that scares a lot of students, especially students who aren't good at math, number one, and then number two, aren't good at math, and then you're you're complicating it with the fact that you can't use a calculator. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's better that we don't, right? Standardized yeah. tests that have a calculator do require precision, and, and oh, man, those are a pain in the butt. I would rather not have a calculator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's go to question number three. A particular protein largely lacks both secondary and tertiary structure. Which factor, if any, is responsible for the resting state of the protein? So lacks secondary and tertiary. So what's responsible for its resting state? A, entropy. B, hydrogen bonds between amino acid residues. C, dipole-dipole interactions. Or D, none of the above. Um. I have no idea, uh, but when in doubt, go with hydrogen bonds. Yeah, okay, that is a good guess because hydrogen <laughs> bonds are hugely important with protein. But the thing the test wants us to know is that hydrogen bonds between amino acid residues are important for secondary structure. Uh, and, and this question said lacks secondary structure. Okay. So B is out. And similarly, dipole-dipole interactions, that's a classic part of tertiary uh, structure and we were told this protein lacks tertiary structure, so B and C are out. Um, and so then something has to account for how the protein settles itself. Uh, and so entropy is it, right? The universe always uh, heads towards maximum entropy. So however this little squidgy bit of protein settles itself down, it's going to be whatever maximizes entropy. What What's the official conversion from uh, a, a liter of something to a squidgy bit? I think it's seven squidgies to the <laughs> to the yada yada and nine yada yadas to the molar. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Question nine: A researcher compares two antibodies that recognize the same antigen, even though they are made by different animal species. How will these antibodies differ? A: The antibodies will have different constant regions. B: The antibodies will be exactly the same. C, the antibodies will have entirely distinct variable regions. Or D, the situ- this situation is impossible. No two antibodies can recognize the same antigen. So different species, two antibodies, same antigen. Um, sure. So you, you and your dog both have antibodies against the common cold. Yep. So the antibodies will have different constant regions or the antibodies will have entirely distinct variable regions or the two 
that I've narrowed down to. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, what is a constant region? What is a variable region? Um, and the constant region to me tells me that's the part that's actually coding the antibody, I think, if I remember. And then so the variable region is everything else that just is extra code that's not important. And so I would say C. So you, you, you again, you, you got almost there, right? So it was that last little uh, misstep that you had. The right answer is A. Um, and so th- this is a function of, of antibodies. Antibody is a protein, right? So that's why we're, we're answering this question now. Um, and the AMCAT does like to ask about non-enzymatic protein function, right? They like to ask about enzymes too, and, and we'll do that in just a second. But Antibodies is a classic non-enzymatic issue. And so we want to remember there's that classic Y shape of an antibody. And the tips of the Y, the, the very top of the letter, so to speak, that's the, the variable. And, and out at the very, very tip is the hypervariable region. That's the part that's different from antibody molecule to molecule. And that's the part that actually binds to the antigen. Mm. So if you have an antibody being made by a cow, a dog, a person, uh, and all three of those all you know attack the same part of the common cold virus then they're going to have hypervariable regions that are quite similar you know not exactly the same but similar to each other because they're all attacking the same antigen um so that's why c is out because the answer choice c said the antibodies will have entirely distinct variable regions and that doesn't work right if you're attacking the same antibody your hypervariable region which is part of your variable region have to be at least somewhat similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, the constant region, that's like the tail at the bottom of the Y. That's the, the handle that the rest of the immune system grabs onto. So the, the, the tips at the end of the Y grab onto the bad thing, and the tail of the Y is grabbed onto by your body, right, the rest of the immune system. And, of course, that's going to be different from species to species. That's even going to be different from person to person. Yeah. Right. That you could theoretically take antibodies from one person, inject them into another person, and the antibodies will be recognized as antigens. Yeah. Right. Could be seen as foreign. Um, so the, the A is the right answer here. Right. Two different animals are going to have two different constant regions. All right. All right. Let's take a look at number 11. Wrap up our biochem discussion on proteins. Maxine is researching ways to reduce the activity of an enzyme implicated in a number of diseases. She's attempting to engineer an antagonist molecule that will competitively inhibit this disease-causing catalyst. To do so, Maxine should create a molecule that most closely resembles A, the substrate of the enzyme-catalyzed reaction, B, the transition state, C, the product, or D, the enzyme itself. So, Ryan, if we want to competitively inhibit a protein, an enzyme... yeah. So we need to we need to block it, we, mm-hmm. and we, so we want it to look similar. Mm-hmm. Um, create a molecule that most closely resembles substrate of the enzyme catalyst catalyzed reaction transition state product. Um, competitively inhibit. All right, so this is a classic MCAT competitive versus non-competitive inhibition. Yeah, so I would, I would guess D, the enzyme itself. It's just if you make a molecule that looks like the enzyme itself, that's competitively inhibiting it. Oh, <laughs> no, that would actually cause the exact opposite problem, right? If you made more of the enzyme, 
even if it was an artificial copy, you'd uh, get more of the bad darn stuff, it. right? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking so the, a, f- a fake enzyme, but it still works yeah. the same. Darn well, it. no, but what you need is a fake substrate. Okay. So, you know, the, en- the enzyme is the thing that just kind of churns along grabbing onto, you know, is the Pac-Man eating the little pellets. You make a fake pellet, right, to, to, to make the Pac-Man sick. So uh, in, we want to remember competitive inhibition is the inhibitor looks like the substrate and slots into the active site. And, and blocks it. Um, non-competitive just binds elsewhere on the enzyme and shuts it down. Um, and then specifically for biochem, there's also uncompetitive inhibition um, and uh, mixed inhibition. Uh, those are asked about less often and aren't relevant to this question, though. So here, make it look like the substrate A. All righty. All right, there you have it. Again, some biochemistry foundational questions from Brian and myself, Brian from Next Step Test Prep. If you haven't checked out Next Step Test Prep and how they can help you, besides listening to this podcast, how they can help you on your MCAT preparation, go to nextsteptestprep.com. Check out their MCAT products and services. They have their MCAT course. They have the second best and second best would go, what? Ryan, why would you say second best? The best is going to be the double AMC, the full-length test from the double AMC. Next Step has the second best full-length exams that you can buy to prepare for the MCAT. And you can save 10% by using the promo code MCATPOD. That's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Again, that's nextsteptestprep.com. Hope you have a great week. Next week, we're going to cover some chemistry foundational topics. See you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. Don't forget to check out all of the other podcasts that I have to offer at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D-media.com.